Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. Hi, I'm Hafsa and welcome to the Mind Pretty Soul podcast where I get to talk about that which gives you peace of mind, keeps you looking pretty and the things that make your soul sing with incredible women that inspire me. So Mind Pretty Soul is officially two years old. This time two years ago, my first ever episode came out and it's been an incredible journey ever since. You have no idea how grateful I am for you listening, whether you've stuck around from the very beginning or you've been listening today, basically. <laughs> I'm really grateful. You have no idea. So thank you so much. I'm also really grateful that I just get to chat with women who are killing it in their fields and they're leaving their mark on the world. And there's no one that does this more than today's guest, Trina Nicole. As a dancer, body confidence advocate and the founder of the Curve Cat Walk, Trina's life work is dedicated to encouraging physical acceptance, celebrating all forms and increasing the visibility of larger bodies in a joyful state. So that basically makes it the norm. She's worked with the likes of Nike and has danced for the Queen Bee. So yeah, I'm so certain that you're going to leave this episode feeling so inspired and you're just going to love what she says. How would you describe yourself in a few words? Um, people know me as a plus size dancer, model and the founder of the Curve Cat Walk. That's like the job title part. But if you're actually just talking about me as a human being, then I'm loud, I'm bubbly and I'm very adventurous. To be a dancer, I feel like you're probably going to have that adventurous side come out as well. I mean, I'm not a dancer, to be fair. All I know is just like a little two step and here and there and everything. But I just <laughs> imagine, <laughs> I just imagine being a dancer, you're going to kind of, you're fluid with your body. You're kind of just, you're just kind of out out there you're kind of exploring what all of the like the movements that your body can do I mean I find that pretty cool what I've learned the most from dancing is trusting yourself through dancing it's allowed me to trust myself even more and also honor how I feel how does my body feel right now what actually feels good what doesn't feel so good and honoring that process how did you kind of get to that journey of honoring yourself and even just the journey of getting to to dance and saying this is actually something I like and I want to pursue this professionally 
I embarked on a journey of understanding me and like who I am so just from more of a holistic point of view so like just my mind how I like to operate I did an NLP course which a lot of people don't know and I don't know if you know what that stands for it's neuro linguistic programming and to be honest after that course that just allows you to look at your life in like different ways and like how you think how the mind works what motivates you like almost like a life almost like a life coaching sort of session basically and I did that for around like four months and that just opened my mind to so many different things and one of those things were you know why aren't I doing the things that I really enjoy that brings me happiness um and I realized that I was sort of I feel like I was just trying to play by other people's rule books on like what life should be, what it should look like, what I should be doing as a career, what I should be doing as a woman, as a black woman. You know, I felt like I was just really pandering to other people's standards. Um, so I really, yeah, 2018 was the the catalyst year, really, um, where I just said, you know what, I'm going to take charge of my life, do more things that bring me joy. And one of those things was dancing. And I mean, your dancing has taken you as far as working with like the likes of Lizzo, Beyonce. Like, what's that been like to dance with literally two of the biggest artists right now? Like, that is incredible. <laughs> I know. Even hearing it back, it's just like, have I really done that? It's crazy. Like Queen Bee? Um, yeah, so surreal. I mean, the Queen Bee situation was just crazy because it was all hush hush it was like under NDA we I didn't even know why I was there so it was all under wraps and like if anybody's ever done anything along those lines they would know that like you sign an NDA you have like this secret location they don't tell you stuff so even when I was there in the room I didn't and filming I didn't know what it was for until afterwards so that's like a completely different experience with Lido it was it was definitely completely different because I actually got the opportunity to meet her in person and performed live on stage at Glastonbury in 2019. Um, That was just like the adrenaline really just carries you through. I don't think I was even thinking about the people and how many thousands of people were there. It was more just like, it was more having fun. I didn't put too much pressure on myself of like, I have to perform. It was more just like, I've been asked to be here for a reason. Let me just go. Let me just have fun. Like she hyped us all up backstage beforehand so it was just it was good it was just a good a fun time really yeah I did that (laughs) you did what I love in particular when it comes to someone like Lizzo is that generally the music industry has been so exclusive about a certain body shape or a certain body size of artists and if you fall out of that then you're not gonna kind of break it into to mainstream and things and so I feel like seeing a woman like Lizzo it's kind of affirming. Um, it's affirming as a black woman, as a plus size woman, I'm sure, knowing that there's a woman like this who's killing it. She's like literally at the top of her game. And she's yeah. done that by playing by her own rules. She hasn't followed yeah. the tick box of what Hollywood and, and the music industry has said is acceptable. I do always wonder how she must feel sometimes because, you know, you just want to live and just do you rather than always thinking like I have to represent gosh she must just want to live her life like just show up in the world as who she is and that's it rather yeah. than I'm showing up to represent this or to make a statement about this like that's her body that's who she is you know um, and I think that's the thing that I relate to like how I relate to her the most as in like just being unapologetic and just like living your truth you know and if people if you inspire people and motivate people along the way then that should be a bonus 
do you know what I mean yeah. but actually yeah. like if this is who I am like allow me to just take up space and show up as who I am you know rather than Absolutely. always thinking that I have to wear this hat on like speaking and like representing everyone because that's so hard to do and you're never gonna do that to the fullest all the time and that must be so exhausting um so from that point of view I can kind of relate <laughs> absolutely and you know you make a good point because I mean the way I see it is I'm assuming that people are kind of looking at her to be some kind of representative because we so we see so few women like her in the mainstream so it's gonna I'm assuming that people will be like okay she's like one of the few she has to somehow speak out for us and I think that's also one of the negatives that it's not the norm yet to see so many yeah. women of a variety of body shapes, a variety of ethnicities, a variety of, of whatever shape. So when you're, when you just see that one person or, or one of few, you're going to just kind of see her as that, that sole representative. So if she falls out of line, it's like, oh my God, she's, but she's literally just living according to her. When I've, whenever I've seen women who fit out of the norm, when I see them on a campaign or when I see them in a billboard or whatever, like you've, you've been on billboards before with like the likes of Nike that's so exciting for me when I see that but I think it excites me because we're not there yet you know we're not there yet where it's the norm now but what do you I mean the irony is is that I'm gonna ask you what will it take but actually am I am I am I asking that because you're one of the few out there as well what will it take for us to get to that point where it's the norm you know like that it's not it's not going to phase us anymore but that actually we finally got to the point where it's so normal yeah I mean honestly it will take a lot (laughs) and even like obviously we've just been speaking about Lizzo so I know that one time she spoke about body neutrality and I would kind of like resonate with that and I think that is something I think that's heading in the right path in terms of what it will take where you just you can exist without having to think too much about your body like one way or another like positive or negative healthy or unhealthy like I think that is what it will take in terms of like changing people's mindsets and like these social quote-unquote social norms and like standards of beauty as well like knowing that there is a spectrum of what beauty is um and and I think yeah I think that is what it will take just definitely the visibility so seeing more of it rather than just being like the one odd time so that's why you're just like oh my god and you're shocked and you're just like wow (laughs) you know so seeing it more for sure and then yeah I guess like I said that this idea around um body yeah neutrality really I think that's something that that will definitely help at least you know I like the term body neutrality because I came across it a couple of years ago like you said instead of seeing a specific body type as bad a specific body type as good that or also when you kind of apply it to self-love I mean there are parts of my body that I definitely don't love but do I have to get to a point where I love it do I have to get to a point where I love my feet my feet are not cute do I have to love them in order to just be fine with my feet no I mean I could be neutral about it I can be like you know what I don't like the way they look they're a bit crusty sometimes but it's fine like I don't have to love my feet yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's something that not only have I been working on, but still working on today. And I think that's what a lot of people have an issue with when it comes to the body positive movement, right? Because it's this idea that you always have to be positive and you always have to love it and be like, uh, you know, my body's so great. And the reality is that's not true, right? And I think it's important 
just to know that that's okay not only is that okay like for one going back to honor how you feel like that's it's okay to feel like that and knowing that that's normal you're not always going to feel so positive about every area of your body or whatever it is for one our bodies change so much so maybe something that you don't love today or don't like too much today you can grow to love it so it's knowing that that can change and then um it's more just about accepting who you are it's like okay this is something I don't necessarily love right now but do you know what it's me being grateful that I even have I don't know whether it's I don't love my feet but you know being grateful that at least do you know what I mean you sort of think about in a different way like okay I can walk places you know I know it sounds so cliche but when you start practicing like gratitude and start thinking of your body from a place of gratitude it just kind of just like I guess dilutes those thoughts in that sense of like not being so harsh you know what I mean it's like my body allows me to do this this part of my body allows me to do this it really has helped me actually and it might help someone listening I think how it really started was about my hair you know like my hair is too kinky afro hair like it's not um you know it's nappy it's unprofessional like that was like I think the catalyst for me and then it kind of it it moved on to like my body and things like that but I think it was this my hair was the starting point you know I don't fit the standards of beauty I'm not like a blue-eyed blonde haired straight girl like you know and growing up with that seeing that in school like my friends I had like flicking their hair around I used to like wear towels on my hair thinking I had like this long hair like I used to do that all the time because that's what you would see I didn't see many people like rocking their natural hair so like even and the crazy thing was it was even when I saw black women it was the black women that you know for example had their hair relaxed or they were wearing weaves so like I would even see them with straight hair so that's why representation is so important so for me yeah it really started with my hair actually in terms of like my identity and then that really did sort of trickle into other areas of myself that I thought were unsatisfactory and didn't fit the standards. And was it those kind of moments in your life that led you to to having that mission of wanting to basically make sure that we're seeing more diverse bodies or was were there other kind of influencing events that led you to that point that was definitely the key point so some people don't know but I also run another platform called culture I run it with my best friend and that was actually because of that reason so we were it's a digital platform that's all about celebrating natural hair and like black beauty specifically um growing up in east london we both sort of shared that common experience of like not seeing you know women that look like us and girls that look like us should i say with their um natural hair curly hair kinky hair so that's definitely how it started because we wanted to just have these conversations about beauty standards and beauty ideas really um and have them have public conversations about them so we started the blog and you know at the time you'd see a lot of like American bloggers talking about you know we tried this product and I think the natural hair movement was very big in America but not so much here in the UK so we kind of wanted to start that in the UK and that really was the catalyst because I think when you started opening up um conversations and having conversations with people and then you realize actually other people feel like how I feel and like how important this is when they start to resonate with you so that was definitely the starting point of me understanding how important representation is and how important it is to see people who look like you um yeah that was the starting point and then it sort of just 
yeah, I guess trickled into other areas of my being and how I show up in the world. When you say hair, for example, hair, body, like it, I feel like they all link as well. Like as, as black women, I mean, I feel like by, like by default from birth, somehow it's almost as if we've inherited these kind of burdens of, of how we look and how we're supposed to present. Like, I know that if I was to go to a family function or a family gathering with my curly hair out, I know that the elders are going to judge me because somehow it's like unkept hair. It's literally the hair that grows out of my body or the fact that now that I'm in my thirties, my body is getting a bit curvier and it's just literally how my body is. This is how the women in my family are, but somehow you're kind of taught, keep it tight, keep it this, keep it like, there's just pressures that we've inherited from a young age. And I feel like when we see work like yours, what that does and what I hope it does, and I'm sure actually that it does, is that young girls are going to see that compared to how we were when we were younger, that actually I'm normal, I'm fine, because I see a woman like that. And the way you dance, it's in a joyous state. It's happy, it's it's yeah. proud. Sometimes I see it as like a, as an inner child thing. Like I kind of picture myself as a young girl and think how would younger Hafsa, how would she have liked to see herself out there when she was younger and then from there I act in the way that I needed to be when I was younger yeah and that's I think that's the perfect approach and I think that's so important like your younger self and like being yeah being that person that you wish you had I think I think that's just the perfect way to operate from because then it's genuine it's a good like motivator and it's knowing that there are young younger generation who are looking up to us all and you know we really do need to be the change and I feel like I said it the other day in a post that we can all contribute to change you know and I think it's not this idea of like it's this person's responsibility like oh it's Lizzo's responsibility or that person's responsibility do you know I think we can all contribute and we all have the power to contribute to change and sometimes a lot of that is from starting at home with your own family and just like that sort of representation that you have with your immediate circles you know so it's really important yeah yeah you can't just rely on society and the media to do it for you because we like history has shown they don't do exactly a very good job do they so it's like yeah you kind of have to take that into your own hands I guess I know we know better than to to wait for representation when we've seen representation it's not necessarily been to the best or in the way that we wanted it to be, or in our own interests as well. So now we've got social media where we can actually take that representation into our own hands. Your platform Mm. on Instagram or TikTok or wherever. I have the ability now to actually put out content or things that help me or that that show me in the best light with platforms like social media. It's democratized everything. So now we're able to see a diversity of body shapes, a diversity of of hair textures and, and so on. And I love that. you've worked with like I've just mentioned you've worked with companies like like Nike what's that been like working for your traditional sports brand I mean seeing content that you've done like about sports bras for bigger boobs and so on honestly it's been fun like it's been great I think one key thing for me at the moment is understanding that like really it's when you see the impact and when you hear other people's comments and how they relate and how much they needed it and appreciated it now it's like oh my gosh okay this is this is actually a really big deal I know it sounds silly sometimes but it's like when I was doing it 
the magnitude of it all didn't feel as big mm-hmm. as like what it feels now do you know what I mean because I think and the reason why I say that is because the thing that I really loved about working with Nike actually is that I just got to be authentic it was yeah. just me it's just me telling my story I am somebody that has bigger boobs I do experience you know not being able to find the right sports but like it was just so authentic to me that it didn't really feel like quote unquote a big deal do you get what I mean because it was like I was allowed to just show up as myself tell my truth and like they completely honored that there was none of this oh well you know because we're Nike or because we're a brand can we actually do this instead or can you say this instead there was absolutely none of that it was so authentic and that's why it was fun do you get quite a few people reaching out to you to tell you how how you have impacted them or how how they've benefited from your work yes I do (laughs) I love it you had the biggest (laughs) smile on your face when you said that as well (laughs) thanks to social media which has been great but honestly like the messages that I have received have been just so incredible so heartwarming I get quite overwhelmed because I'm just like me like I've had that Mm -hmm. impact like that's so crazy and I think it is crazy because it's like I'm not there as a model or I'm not there just as talent to perform and do this thing it's like it's Trina being Trina there's nothing more powerful than actually being yourself and I I said in a post the other day that um authenticity is my superpower because that's genuinely how it feels to me it feels like the more authentic I am the more I share the more vulnerable I am as well um has had the biggest impact and yeah it just feels like a superpower (laughs) being able to be myself and it goes back to your original question about like what was it like to work with them I think you know we had intensive like conversations beforehand and I feel like they really listened um because there is longevity in this partnership like me being ambassador was really great because I think in the past um you know any type of brand work that I've done you might just do a campaign and then that's it or you might do a post or something and then never hear from them again so to speak so I think it was great that there's longevity within this partnership they really wanted to understand me my story and they were very very vocal about ensuring that they were representing me who I am my heritage all of that like correctly and I really appreciated that sort of time that was taken to just understand me and making making sure that I really felt like I was representing myself as well so even down to things like having braids in the campaign like I said I really wanted braids because I used to always wear braids when I was younger especially with the beads and the braids and stuff like that was like my look when I was younger so when I when I knew I was gonna have the opportunity to be on billboards and stuff I was like I want to have braids I want to have long braids with the beads like that just reminded me of my childhood and it made me feel so proud so you know it it just straight away they're like yep yep you want beads yep let's have the beads like do you know what I mean things like that because I feel like I've not seen that like you know so it made me so excited and I was glad that I was just really listened to yeah I love that a company as big as Nike um, being able to literally be your authentic self and not have to follow a strict brand guideline or a strict guideline, literally just purely being yourself. I mean, yeah. like, where do you see that? That That is incredible. And I love that you said when it comes to beads, like with the beads and the braids and literally it goes against the whole look and feel of, of what we've seen modeling look like before, but actually you're not a model. Like you said, you're literally just being Trina. I mean, that is so cool to me. You mentioned about like, what would your 
thinking about your younger self and like what would your younger self want to see and like operating from that place and with that campaign that's definitely how I operated I was like what would my younger self want to see and that's why I was like I have to have the braids because my younger self always had the braids with the beads and I always felt so proud and like I always felt so beautiful and pretty like with my beads and stuff like that so that really was like for my younger self you know I love it nowadays I do operate from a place of thinking about the younger me and I think it just warms your heart when you think and you kind of look objectively and look from the outside and try to put yourself in your younger self's shoes and just think what would she have said if she saw you the way you are now what would she have yeah. said like I, I, sometimes it gives me chills even just thinking about it a hundred percent I mean I actually wrote like a, a letter to my younger self for the night campaign and can I tell you <laughs> I cried like when I was writing that I'm not even talking like a little teardrop like I was bawling my eyes out because like you said when you're looking at it in that way it's so it's so emotional it's like yeah I can't even put it into words I feel proud but it's almost like more than that it's just yeah it's really really emotional and and in it I said um it it was entitled dear little tree and I I loved it by the way Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And in there, I said, I want you to know that your body never betrayed you. Even as I, it's like, I wrote it, but as I read it back, (laughs) I was just like, wow, because growing up, you know, going through puberty, my body's changing, my body's developing. No one spoke about that that much, you know, like, so it really felt like my body was betraying me, you know? And when I really deep that, like that's actually how I felt. I just felt like I wanted to give my younger self such a big hug, you know, to think like, look at you now, like look at you now embracing all of you. Um, Yeah, and that uniqueness, like that is, I wish somebody had told me that like being unique, that really is the, the first step to true beauty and being authentic, you know? So those are the things I wish I heard when I was younger. So I'm just, I hope people have read it and somehow resonate and it, it goes on to create that impact, yeah. When I when I watched that and and I could just feel it, you, you felt like when you, there were certain things where you talked about authenticity and you said your body hasn't betrayed you. Hindsight is beautiful, but also it's mm. kind of bittersweet because when you say your body didn't betray you that's because you assumed at that at a younger age that it did betray you but it's almost as if what if the younger me knew that then it's bittersweet but actually now I mean you know that now and you can kind of take that knowledge and wisdom with you going forward but it's bittersweet and I, I I I've done a lot of writing to my younger self a lot and kind of where I've gone through things in my life and how I've perceived myself and how I've perceived others. And I'm just like, you didn't need to go through half of the BS that you did, but at least now you kind of know it going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And that in itself is powerful. And that just having that confidence um, to move forward in life, just, you just operate differently. Right. And I feel like I felt after I wrote that as well, it's like, I felt a bit lighter. <laughs> it I bet. was like a lovely, my younger self you know I just felt a bit lighter and I was just like yeah like but also that that understanding that everything 
happened for a reason so to speak like I needed to go through this to be where I am today to be the person that I am today so it's still honoring that journey and honoring that part of my story rather than feeling like I have to get rid of it or be ashamed by it so actually being vulnerable and that's why I kind of welcomed the tears and the crying because it felt like a cleanse it felt like a yeah like it just felt like a bit of a cleanse for me. (laughs) I just know for a fact that when we kind of honor our younger selves we can we, we're like you said we're, we're lighter we're freer we can just navigate the world a lot better the work we deliver is going to be a lot better like we just have more impact that way as well but um, I kind of wanted to go into the other work that you do the curve catwalk and you obviously being a professional dancer what is it like doing that and and, and what kind of inspired you to do that? So I'm going back to 2018. That was like my pivotal year of like, I need to change my life. (laughs) But not so much of like, I just need to change my life. So um, my uncle, Cyril Regis, who was a ex-footballer, passed away in 2018. And he was like a trailblazer as a black footballer in the UK. You know, the racism that he experienced and actually being on the pitch and scoring the goals to just like silence the racism and all that type of stuff. So when he passed away, I remember thinking about the legacy he left behind and the thing, the incredible things that people would say about him. And I always wondered, like, I wonder if he knew, like, this was the impact he had on people and how much people admired him, et cetera, et cetera. So I say all of that just to say death does a lot to people sometimes, you know, you either sort of want to make a change or, you know, it can, it can just be really hard. But from that, I really took, well the question was what legacy do I want to leave that was the big question in 2018 what was the legacy I want to leave behind um what is my gift to the world what is my gift to people and he left such an incredible legacy and part of me wanted to carry that on um but also you know create a legacy for myself so that was really a catalyst going on to your question about why and what why I'm doing this and what I'm doing it for um it really was that, what legacy do I want to leave? I thought about what I actually want. So the curved catwalk, it started from a place of frustration of, I wanted to dance, you know, I was saying before, I wanted to do more things that I love, which is dancing, was going to dance classes around London and just not really having the best experience, like always feeling ostracized, feeling like I had to shrink myself and hide in the background and getting backhanded comments of people being shocked that I can dance and sort of telling me, you know, and I know it wasn't meant in a negative way, but by them doing that, it was telling me that you don't fit the archetype of what a dancer looks like. You, I'm shocked that somebody like of your size can dance. When I was going to these dance classes, I wasn't having fun and I didn't feel good, but I know how much fun and how good I feel when I dance so it was such a juxtaposition so it was actually out of that frustration that I said you know what I'm gonna just create my own space I didn't think about it too deeply like I didn't sit there with a business plan or this is the impact I'm gonna have like it was nothing like that it was actually again just being authentic and doing something that I wanted Um, and then when I created that space I realized it was a safe space for other women. I never, something a lot of people don't know, I never created it to to be a plus size dance class. But what I realized that 
having me as somebody who is plus size at the front of a, a front of the dance class leading the dance class I realized that that representation res resonated with so many women and that they actually too never felt so safe to be to dance you know um and then I realized oh this is actually something that I think plus size women need I'm going to make it a plus size dance class so it was just sort of spreading that joy the joy that I feel through dance I know how powerful dance can be and how moving it could be and it was never I never would have imagined in my wildest dreams that it would be what it is today to be honest I follow the Instagram actually so I see a lot of the content that you put out and it's so and it's so positive it's so empowering and something I recently came across was um, a response to a pretty ignorant tweet actually where someone had mentioned the the body positivity movement being dangerous and she'd kind of put out a picture of a mannequin wearing gym clothes I'm like sorry but what does that mean that does that mean then we should no like not manufacture gym clothes or work like clothes for a specific body shape do we have to like then be like no excuse me sorry it's only from size six to size 12 or 14 I mean what are yeah. we doing here then like so ridiculous isn't it it's like you can't win <laughs> I think people like her are dangerous actually oh, yeah. you know with, with just putting out those those type of comments and um, very ignorant comment like you said but I think that in itself is actually quite dangerous um obviously for one it's ridiculous because how you know like there's the argument of like oh you're a certain size you need to lose weight you need to be active and stuff like that but then we can't have clothes to do that in you know, exactly. make it make sense you know <laughs> but I, I just think it's just this whole conversation I guess it's like defining for one like what is health like what's what's healthy and deemed as healthy to one person is going to be different to another person especially when it comes to like especially if you're taking culture into it as well you know like me being from a Caribbean heritage to be super super slim we don't see that as healthy you know so I think Same. it's defining what health means to you it's like the curvy you are and like you know that's seen as more healthy so I think culture and things like all different aspects play a part in health so I think for one it's like defining what health is and just understanding just from a basic level that you can't just look at someone and say you're healthy or unhealthy just because somebody who's larger somebody who's slimmer you know there's so many different aspects that go into it that I think it's just ridiculous that in 2022 people are just still have that sort of mindset and just putting out comments like that I just think it's just so ridiculous and like you said really really ignorant but it is that goes back to that whole question of like when are we going to move on from that and understanding that there's so much more that goes into health yeah. especially with everything that's gone on even there's been like such a um a big conversation around mental health and stuff like that like you know I think I look at health more holistically taken into like mind body soul things like that like what makes somebody healthy not just BMI you know and even when you're looking at BMI and how fat is distributed around people's bodies, like it's different for men and women, it's different yeah. for ethnicities. Like there's so much to take into consideration that now when I see people that make that comment, I'm like, you don't even know how silly you look right now. And like, it's just ridiculous, you know? That is dangerous. It's literally dangerous. Don't even get me started on BMI. I mean, BMI for there there's been criticism about BMI for how many years anyway especially when it comes to like black bodies that the way our weight is distributed for me if I were to gain a little bit more weight I'd be considered overweight by BMI standards so 
it's not the way of describing like any kind it's not I, I just don't think it's an accurate way to capture health and like you said you can't look at someone and say you are unhealthy because you're this size or you're unhealthy because you're too small or you're this 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 it's it you can't and a while ago I came across a tweet that said good health isn't necessarily a moral virtue there's so many factors behind it there's health at every size you look at the yeah. traditional picture of health and they might not necessarily be the healthiest. So I think it's, we have to kind of take on a bit more of a subjective approach, I think, when it comes to health. Otherwise, it is dangerous if we kind of blanket describe everyone as, um, yeah. as unhealthy. And, and, yeah, absolutely. And another, another, just to add on to that point, because I agree with everything you're saying, but I think one thing that I found with the Curve Catwalk, you know, we don't promote it, you know, dance is fitness, it's activity and et cetera, get your heart rate going, et cetera, but we don't promote ourselves as a fitness class. But ultimately, one thing I have uh, learned, especially on the on the topic of fitness, though, and being active, is that when you, when you have a space where people feel encouraged and confident, they're more likely to want to be more active and to do more things whereas like when you feel ostracized when you see comments like that when you don't see brands that have your size to even buy gym clothes and things like that you're going to be discouraged from even trying to live that help that lifestyle if yeah. that's the lifestyle you want to live then you're totally discouraged by it and that's another reason why I feel like that in itself is dangerous like they're not your those people aren't understanding how they contribute to that being dangerous and how they're contributing to people's you know like mental health and situations like that and that's why I'm so grateful for a space like the Curve Catwalk because like I said although we don't promote ourselves as that sort of fitness space for example if somebody does choose to come to the space for that reason at least they have a safe space to do that and not feel judged and you know we're not there going oh this is the amount of calories you're going to burn in the class but if you want to be there for that reason then that's totally fine and it's just like knowing that you can be in a space and feel comfortable to do that rather than people looking at you like oh they're not working hard enough or they're not do you know what I mean or or acting as if it's like a punishment for your body like I hate that you know like yes and stuff. oh my god like let me move my body from a place of enjoyment like, because that's going to encourage me to do more so like even for me things that involve music and that are like up tempo and things like that for me I really enjoy so I like skating and like dancing on skates when I can have music or I like things like um you know like the step aerobics so like you're going to oh, a beat yeah. and things like that like I like, like things like that but oh my god if you ask me to do like a circuit class girl I am out like I can, <laughs> like you know what I mean yeah <laughs> so let me, for like, me. Move my body from a place of enjoyment as well you have to you have to move your body out of enjoyment out of self-love as opposed of as opposed to self-loathing oh I ate so much over Christmas I'm gonna punish myself in the gym what's the point why do I need to go to the gym and slave away because I hate my body or I personally something that gripes me is I'm I'm more of a I do I love more of a weightlifting circuit class as opposed to the dance yeah. I do like dancing but for me I'm like I love the feeling of being able to lift a heavier weight and progressively lift heavier and I know strong. that I'm exactly but I'm not yeah. doing it because I know that my waist is going to be snatched and this that and the other I literally do it because I love the feeling of being stronger and stronger over time but I hate when I do something like Peloton and you see you you're burning x amount of calories I mean what that does and I'm someone who's generally leaned more towards that punishment route in the past I've fallen into that trap so when I see things like 
200 calories I know that sometimes that can trigger people and like because I know that it can trigger me so I think we just need to reframe our thinking when it comes to moving our body it's not because you want to lose weight it's because you love your body you want to give your body the best chance at life you want to be healthy you want to be fit you want to be able to basically be able to walk like around in life and navigate life with the best of health we know that movement is good for our body it's medicine it's not punishment and if you punish your body what's the point I mean you've, you're sucking out the joy out of out of yeah. even the most mundane of movement why are we doing that to ourselves exactly and I think it's 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 deep rooted as well when when there is that sort of mindset um so yeah gosh there's so much to unpack we could talk about this all day like really <laughs> really we could but um but yeah I think that is just the beautiful thing about the curve cat walk and why not only am I grateful that I'm able to impact people's lives that come to the curve cat walk but I think it's understanding that they also impact me and and motivate me and empower me you know it's yeah. definitely a two-way thing it's not like some hierarchy like I'm the teacher so this is I'm perfect and stuff like that like I have down days but I know I've got to teach and they really lift me up so that sense of belonging that sense of togetherness like we're all in this together um it goes both ways and I think that's just the beauty of the Curve Catwalk community amazing thank you so much for joining me today honestly it's been really cool talking with you I think we've ended it literally at a perfect note and it's been such a pleasure talking to you. I am so grateful. Thank you so much for making the time. Where can we find you on socials? Yes, on socials. I, I'm usually on Instagram at it's Trina Nicole. I do chat a lot on LinkedIn, actually, Trina Nicole. But just type in Trina Nicole, you'll find me in some corner of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening, guys. Stay safe and take care. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.